When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is an astrological birth chart? What kind of elements make up these charts? And what can these charts reveal about one's personality and character? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. conversation surrounding where our personalities come from. Do you believe our personalities are a result of our nature or how we're nurtured? Or do you believe there's a greater cosmic force that influences the kind of person you'll become? Well, that is where birth charts come into play because according to astrologers, the precise alignment of the stars and planets on the date, time, and place of your birth can reveal a lot about your character. So what role do the solar bodies play in our birth charts? What's an angle, a horizon, and a house? And how can we read our own charts? Well, joining me back on the podcast to help break it all down are two astrologers better known as the Astro Twins, Ophi and Tali Edit. And two of my favorite people that I've ever had on this podcast join me now. What's going on, ladies? Hello. This is so fun. I cannot stop having you guys on my podcast. (laughs) And you shouldn't. (laughs) I agree. You know, what's crazy is in the last three months, I've I've done a couple different shows for Fox Nation and on two different occasions with different crews, someone brought up birth charts. So I thought, let's do a podcast about birth charts because you hear about horoscopes, you hear about astrology, but I want to get more specific. So what exactly is a birth chart and how is that different than a horoscope? Yeah. Well, a birth chart is a snapshot of where all the planets were in their orbit at your exact moment of birth. A horoscope is a forecast that could happen at any given time. You know, oftentimes horoscopes refer to the future. So on this day, the planets will be here. And this is what that means. But the, uh, in some ways, a birth chart is a horoscope, but it's one that never changes. It's it's you, it's your cosmic blueprint, and it maps every planet in its in its orbit at your moment of birth. So most people only know their sun sign, which is where the sun was. You know, I'm a Taurus, I'm a Virgo, but what most what people will learn as they unpack the birth chart is that you have a moon sign a mercury sign venus every planet was connected to a different sign in the zodiac and it's so unique that only someone born the very same minute in the same time zone as you will share your chart we're four minutes apart and we have a subtle subtle difference in our chart yeah. that's how unique Okay, so that's good to bring up because you guys, if you know, this is now on video, but you guys are twins and you're called <laughs> Astro Twins. But that is that's interesting to know because you are twins, but you are a little bit different in terms of your astrological footprint mm-hmm. or yeah. blueprint, yeah. I guess. I, yeah. Both, maybe footprint, footprint and blueprint. Yes. 
So you said we that- do have different fingerprints and footprints. We tried to uh, share a gym membership based on fingerprint, and it didn't work. But I have opened her phone with Face ID. So. You have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's oh, why. Really? That yeah. uh oh, you didn't have anything to hide, did you? No, no. <laughs> I just picked it up. It was ringing and it opened for me. I was like, oh, that's something about having a twin that you don't really think about. It's nice yeah, that it's sure. <laughs> I, I'm not a twin with my mom, obviously, but it's funny because um, we accidentally switched IDs and I went to the airport. I, I hope I don't get arrested for this. I went to the airport three days ago <laughs> and it he, the guy at the TSA agent asked for my ID and I handed them the idea thinking it was my own. And I got through security. I land in New York City. And then my mom texts me. And she goes, hey, did you forget your ID? And I said, no, I have it in my wallet. And then she sent me a picture of my ID. And I was like, what? That's weird. Whoa. And I went to my wallet. And it was her ID. I got through TSA oh. with my mom's ID. Oh, my God. This anyway. makes us worry about these things. Right. right? That has nothing yeah. to do with birth charts. But <laughs> <just> <laughs> a quick aside. So what you were saying is that each planet is uh, there's a different sign so you have your sun sign um so if i'm a taurus that doesn't necessarily mean that i am fully a taurus i could be something else as well and that's what a birth yeah you're not only you have a lot of scorpio in your chart as it turns out really so yeah your moon sign so the sun and moon i don't know if if you want to talk about that the kind of the big yeah so i mean have you ever you've seen the wheel, the birth chart, right? And all the different mm-hmm. symbols on it. So what you're really looking at is like, I always say to people, like, imagine you're lying on your back on a grassy field, looking up at the stars and looking at how they're all arranged overhead. So if you took your phone and took a screenshot of what you were seeing and it represented all the planets, that pattern in the chart is where the planets were in relation to you on earth. And that sky overhead is divided up into an imaginary circle divided into 12 signs, or I say 12 pieces of cosmic pizza. And that is, and where all the different planets fall, the pieces of the sky are each named after different zodiac signs. So the moon could be the moon moves into a new zodiac sign or a new piece of the sky pizza every two and a half days. So once a month, it's in the same sign as your sun, which is Taurus, for a couple of days. And then it moves to Gemini and then Cancer and then Leo. And then so when you were born, it had moved all the way to Scorpio, which is your opposite sign. So at your moment of birth, you were stamped with the signature of uh of that. So back to what Tali said, you know, when you talk about a moon sign or a rising sign, what does that mean? So the moon was in the part of the sky ruled by Scorpio when you were born. So your moon sign is Scorpio. The moon governs the inner you. All the planets in your chart are like the actors in the movie of your life. That's a great way to describe how kind of your moon rules your life as well. And and you say that your sun sign is kind of your outward self, but then the inner self is the moon, right? That's your moon yeah, sign. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then when it comes to these other planets, when we when we talk about a birth chart, how do those play a role? How does that give, I love the word snapshot, cos, the cosmic snapshot. Is that what you said? Yeah. I mm-hmm. love the way you describe that. So what other elements are in a birth chart that present that snapshot? 
There's Mercury, which rules the way you communicate and learn and listen. So let's see, your Mercury is also in Taurus. So, um, and so when you have Mercury, your communication style with with your son, a lot of the times that's someone who has a has a media career because it means the essential you, which is your zodiac sign, your sun sign, and Mercury are are joining forces. So your your and Taurus rules the throat and the voice. So having a podcast is not an unsurprising career <laughs> for you. It's pretty crazy. Not at all. Yeah. yeah, Venus is your seduction style. What you like? How you like to your your fashion sense? It's a planet of beauty and romance. Mars is your drive. It can be your athleticism. Your you know also kind of who you're like, have that raw animal attraction with. And those are the outer planets in the sun, moon, Mercury, Mars, and Venus, the personal planets, because they're very, they move pretty quickly around the sun. But then after that, you get to the outer planets and they tend to rule more of the more, the, um, you know, the broad areas of our life. Jupiter is where you're lucky, what you want to study, um, where what you might have to teach. Saturn is the disciplinarian, the challenges that you'll face in life, but also overcome. And sometimes it points to the type of career that's best for you. Then you have Uranus, which is your re rebellious side, Neptune, your dreamy nature, and Pluto, kind of the parts of yourself that you tend to project um we also have, we have a whole have therapy you... session with some of those planets exactly. <laughs> yeah a whole therapy yeah because that's how you it dictates how you react to things is that what you mean some of them yeah like where are you projecting onto others where are you codependent with neptune where are you wow. rebelling against authority all right we've got to step aside for a quick recess but we'll be back right after this from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. So those planets, they work together when you talk, again, bring it to the overall term of a birth chart. You're basically studying how all of those planets are interacting with each other at the you time. You do that too. You do do that first. You can look at them separately. Uh -huh. Then just like the actors in a movie don't just have individual scenes and monologues. They have scenes together. So there are, when you look in the middle of the chart, you'll see all these lines drawn between a bunch of planets. Those are called aspects. And those are the angles. There's a lot of math. Okay, what are angle? What what are the angles? What do you mean by that? So there are hard ones and soft ones are called. So they're if they're if two planets are at a 90 degree angle to each other or opposite each other, that's an angle of tension. It's called a hard aspect or hard angle. So that means that those two characters are gonna have an intense scene in the movie of your life. They're gonna have to resolve some differences. They may have a power struggle, they may they have dueling agendas. But they can also make you and life interesting. Life would be boring if everything was just easy. And so it can show like, oh, where you had to overcome something or work hard or build character in your life. So it's not bad or good. A lot of people think it is one or the other. If right. That makes sense. 
I, I want to, yeah. that's, I'm glad you bring this up because you guys have a really interesting show on prime video called cosmic love. Mm -hmm. And that it's a dating show. It's a reality dating show. And, and people are dating based off of their signs. Correct. Mm -hmm. We match so your birth charts. Oh, actually. by birth charts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th that's my question. So when you do something on, like, if you have a horoscope app and it says your compatibility and you put in your mm -hmm. both sun signs, that's not really telling you the full picture. You have to look at the birth exactly. sign, the birth chart. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, you can tell a lot from the sun sign and, and a lot of, for a lot of people that's, you know, as far as they're willing to go, but we see a lot more chemistry coming from the moon sign as well as Venus when it comes to love and dating and Mars when it comes to the actual physical attraction too. So what we did on cosmic love, we had 20 singles uh, there were four main characters of fire sign, earth sign, air sign, and water sign. They were called the elements. And they were all in this house together. We had pre-matched them. So they didn't know who their matches were. And But slowly but surely, they, they met their matches and also learned about a different facet of their chart as they went. And we... Um, it's funny, we we did have a few successful uh, marriages emerge from it. And we had, you know, and it was, these are not people who you would have matched based on their sun signs alone. We really did have to dig into the charts and um, a couple of the wild card matches that we, you know, quote unquote wild card, but we saw things. You in knew charts it. Yeah. <laughs> They were, of course, got together, and it was like, oh, my God, you know? It, it shows so, that there's something to it. So, it really is. So my sun sign is a Taurus, but my moon sign is a Scorpio. So do I match better with someone who is going to be – is it the opposite sign? How does that work? No. Yeah, well, there's a lot of – yeah, I mean, there, your sun and moon being opposite each other um, because Taurus and Scorpio are opposite signs – you're a that makes you a very dynamic person who you know wants full full range experiences and so you're going to either you're going to want somebody who accepts that in you but you may find that you want someone who's a little you know not every daredevil out there wants to be with another daredevil sometimes you need someone to like I am a daredevil <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or you might read, oh, Tauruses want security and stability. And you're like, well, not that. Well, that's not me. I do, but I also like a little edge. And then, you know, that's your Scorpio moon popping in. So, oh, that's so fascinating. Because I always wondered when you look at these things and you're trying to match based off of signs, like, is it, do you do opposites attract in astrology? Or is it someone that has an element of, you know, part no. of your sign and I, I just I was so one wondering about that overall I would look at it as ingredients and a recipe it's like they can't all you can't have like a cup of everything and expect it to taste good it's all about the proportions so it's kind of like you know some the ingredients all come together to make something mm -hmm. but you want to have like what is the main ingredient I'm going to focus on at different times of your life you may find that different planets kind of have a a, a bigger role in the in the recipe so maybe at some point in your life the Taurus side of you is like you know I'm I'm ready to have something a little more traditional or whatever I doubt it but um mm. you know or you just go yeah I am a Taurus 
about a quarter cup of Taurus and two cups of Scorpio. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's a good way to describe it, c- comparing it to a recipe. Because, I mean, that's that's everyone is kind of is dynamic. So you have to match those certain things. And sometimes you go to a restaurant and they put like a strawberry on top of a squid and you're like, why that doesn't work. But then you taste it and you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know why I came up with that example. I've never eaten that before. <laughs> it really fits. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we talked about angles. What about horizons? Is it can you describe the other elements of what you're looking for in a birth chart? Um, well, the rising sign, which is the uh, the part of the sky that's on the eastern horizon when you're born, is uh, also kind of like the mask that you wear, the first presentation that you give to the world. So um, maybe some of your listeners have heard of people mention the big three in astrology, and that would, you know, that's the, you know, what people call your sun sign, your moon sign and your rising sign. So that's a like a, to get your rising sign though, you have to know your time of birth and not everybody does have that information. But if you do have it, um, it's, it's great to know because that's what you're going to be attracted to as well. Immediately, the first impression you make and how, what you're going to pursue sometimes comes from that rising sign. So for you, we can we can look at your chart. You appear to be a Libra rising. So, you know, that and that, you know, we can see people's rising signs sometimes from their physical features and the way that they dress. You know, Libra is very balanced, that you have very symmetrical, photogenic features, you know, polished. I appreciate it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. From, from, from where I can run viewing you, yes. So, yeah. So rising, <laughs> rising is the sun coming up in the east. And that is – so what other elements or what other components does that dictate in a person's, like, personality? Or you, you mentioned physical features, but how is that different than your moon and your sun sign? I think the rising is a little more superficial. It's like what people might think about you at first, but when they really get to know you, the sun is like the essential you. Like it's like we're Sagittarius, which is, you know, it's like, yes, I am a Sag at the end of the day, I would say if I had to identify, but also of a Scorpio moon, the moon is a little hidden away. It's what people might not, they might feel it a little, they might feel like, oh, there's a little intensity there or, but it sometimes doesn't come out until you have to respond to something really emotionally or intuitively or instinctively. So you can kind of hide the moon sign a bit. Uh, and the rising sign is like, yeah, it's like that first impression. Like when you meet someone, you might be a little more formal if you have one rising sign, or you might come across as this edgy, you know, irreverent person if you had, say, an Aquarius or an Aries rising, but maybe you're really not that way. But that's how you, how you, it's it's very helpful to know, because I think a lot of people have personal marketing issues, like they're, we all have a personal brand, I guess. So, yeah. (laughs) So 
they don't yeah. present. The rising sign is definitely the agent of your personal brand. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> so, so if you're looking at social media, people are presenting their rising signs on there. A lot of the time, a lot of times. dating app. That's probably ninety yeah. percent of the reason people attract someone that they're not compatible with because they lead with their rising sign, which is superficial, and then they attract someone who's like, oh you're hot with your Leo rising. And then it's like, <laughs> they're a traditional Capricorn who just wanted to settle down and buy a farm or something. I don't know. So. Wow. <laughs> I would love to settle down and, and buy a farm. Maybe I'm that. but is that does that say that i want to settle down and buy a farm no libra rising wants to have everything to be elegant and they want um you know it's like it's it's just your your senses of your your aesthetics matter let's just say for the uh libra rising you need it to be romantic and beautiful and like partnership is really important for Libra rising. So it's like, are we doing this together? Is it fair? Is everyone included? You know, there's a sense of justice. Like, do you tend to stick up for the underdog a lot? Yes, that I do. The elegance that I didn't relate to the elegance part because I I'm a little more low key, but Yes, I, I do like to stick up for the underdog. Or at least I think that I do. I mean, I, I try to, rather, I should say. The underdog deserves it. Deserves to pull ahead. Yeah, that's right. Libra Rising wants everything to be fair all the time and equal. It's really important to you. Aww. Well, that's why I had both of you on. I couldn't choose one sister or the other. Right. <laughs> we have them both. Um, so sense. if you guys, we have the same moon sign, right? You were saying Scorpio. Mm-hmm, yeah. So does that mean we get along or do people with similar signs disagree? I think with moon signs, you feel a connection. Like you just, because that's, again, that's your, that's sort of your soul family, the moon sign. It's really how you emotionally and intuitively respond to the world. So it's like, Oh, they just understand me. They understand mm. why I obsess over everything, or you know. So I, I always feel like, oh, we know each. You other. relate, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I know you two weren't around when astrology started, so I, <laughs> if you don't know the answer to this, then uh, that's all right. But why do we define? I mean, wh- where does all this come from? The moon rising, or the rising, the moon and the sun signs. I mean, how do you know that a Taurus has certain characteristics? How do you know that a Scorpio has certain characteristics? Yeah, is that something like out of the energy that the planets are giving off? I mean, I, how do we, how do we know this? I mean, it comes from the seasons. Um, The sky has been followed since the dawn of time, but it was in um, ancient Egypt and then Greece that they really started to, there's a a book called the Tetrabiblos that uh, Ptolemy uh, used and that was put together. Nobody's 100% sure where it all came from originally, but Sumeria and Babylon and it kind of got crafted into more and more of a system over time so mm-hmm. it's no longer based on the constellations per se anymore but on the seasons so there's a lot of you know sometimes you'll hear that um you know the there's a 13th zodiac sign because of this other constellation for example so that's now 
you know, NASA used to come out and try to debunk astrology with astronomy once a year by talking about that, but they didn't write that. The system that we use now is called tropical astrology, and it's based on um, the seasons. Aries is the first sign, the Tropic of Aries, it begins spring, and then the Tropic of Cancer begins summer and so on. So it's those, the nerdy, like, hard to really explain simply answer but yeah you know just like any other you know anything else it's like people studied and studied and saw these patterns and then they created these archetypes and astrology one of our friends says is where myth meets math and i really like that it's like you know oh if you you know we're born in this time that you should have the traits of this season. Uh, and it, you know, it, I don't know who knows. It's one of those mystical things too. Like maybe, maybe some, maybe the aliens just encoded us with these. Maybe. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I think we're in a giant Sims game. Yeah. This is like, right. Going, you know? Right. Maybe yeah. we're all abducted and then they reprogrammed us all and then plopped us back on earth. <laughs> it's <laughs> possible i tried to figure out why has been a lot harder than just just playing with the system i mean we you know we're skeptics by nature ourselves and i would never even tell anyone to believe in astrology because it's it's a system it's a code and it's fascinating to learn but you know just you know i just say try it on learn you know like there's and it's there's endless literature about it there's endless i mean you could study your entire life and only really scratch the surface it's you know there's so much written on the topic and so many ideas and people get into these deep philosophical arguments at astrology conferences there are <laughs> astrology wars on twitter like astrologers <laughs> are like you know these like philosophers from a, yeah know, just like, people like to have an opinion about it just like everything else yeah exactly you, right you i like the math meets myth um for the skeptics who are out there what other mathematical things do you look at when you're observing a birth chart you look at the degrees that a planet moves through each zodiac sign piece of the sky and okay and what does that say um, well, when they reach similar degrees, that's when you start to see the aspect of the relationship between them. You, we measure the angles and the degrees and all the way down to the minutes. Um, also for predictive astrology, let's say you were born with a 10 degrees, you know, Sagittarius sun like us, then a planet, you know, a planet will pass over 10 degrees Sagittarius in the sky and you can say, oh, wow, that's activating this energy. And you can make predictions based on that. Huh. So, yeah. Wow. So just because, you know, my, like, if, if you have two signs that are opposite one another, your sun and your moon are opposite signs, you could go if you wanted to even deeper into that and look at the degrees of how opposite they are. Is that what you're Oh, yeah. 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 And if they're within three degrees of each other, it's really considered the strongest angle. So if they were at the same degree, your sun and moon in the opposite sign, you would have been born at the very moment of a full moon. 
So every month when the sun and moon are exactly opposite each other to the, the degree, there's a full moon where they're exactly connected at the same degree every month. It's the new moon. So it's uh, we, we can even see what moon cycle you're born under. There's math and myth around that. If you're born on a new moon, you're someone who's fascinated with new experiences. Full moons are larger than life people. So there's a, there's a whole system around every single piece of it that you could imagine. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. What are the different types of moons and what, what do they dictate? Well, they're the heart. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Tally. Yeah. I was going to say the harvest moon is just one of the full moons the in the Aries fall. The but... moon usually in the fall. Those are names given um, by indigenous uh, nations that have been adopted by the farmer's almanac. But yeah, they're... Um, yeah, they're, they're based on when people use the moon cycles for hunting and fishing and planting and, you know, surviving. It's, a, it's a, astrology and astronomy. The stars are original calendars and clocks. Mm-hmm. There are eight moon cycles that you could be born under. The, the quarter moon people are the balancers. They tend to be, you know depending on if it's a waxing quarter moon, they're like, oh, the buildup to excitement or a waning quarter moon is someone who's like, let's think that over before we decide, you know? So there's a whole, yeah. yeah. It, it tells you everything. It does. It really does. We're born on a balsamic moon, it's called, which is our, the moon is one sign. It's almost a new moon. There's just a tiny little sliver of moon. So apparently we're like, have the ability to peer into the dark and find wisdom, which makes sense oh, for what we do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what about a full moon? You said that's larger than life. Is there any other? Was that's I? You said I was born there, and you know, full, you know, fully expressed. Usually, just, just huh. a lot of presidents are born um, with full moons. Uh, both Biden and Trump were born under full. Really? Moons. Oh, that's yeah. that's uh huh. <laughs> so you're saying I could be a president? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't Please. know if I want that job right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. Well, you know, when we talk about moons, I, I'll never forget. I Back in college, this is another aside, but I went with a group of my friends back to, I went to USC and they were playing ASU. And I'm from Arizona. So we were in Arizona and we were in my backyard. And uh, just to show the power of the moon, because people think astrology, like you said, there are skeptics. People are like, oh, you know, I don't know if I necessarily believe in the energy of the stars and the planets and things like that. But just if you take astrology out of it, I mean, that you like our tides change and, you know, the, the moon really does have this effect because there was an eclipse, I believe, or so, some yep. big moon event. Mm-hmm. And right as it happened, I kid you not, every coyote that must have been in the vicinity of my house started howling right as wow yeah. really so I mean, they can, can animals are sensitive birds fall out of the sky at eclipses um wow actually one of my dear dog seymour was born on an eclipse and he had a heart murmur and he actually died on the great american eclipse in 2017 but it oh, i'm sorry i know i'm just he's you know we're good but he's yeah. uh 
he uh, he yeah his heart stopped but the eclipse has been known to affect animals and rhythms and biorhythms too a lunar eclipse i mean hurricane sandy was at a lunar eclipse um so if you try wow. yeah i guess I, I meant lunar yeah. eclipse i think i said solar eclipse i meant lunar eclipse but yeah well so, you know solar eclipses are eclipses that happen on the new moon and then there's a lunar eclipse on the full moons so they always happen in pairs oh, okay so, never, so if there's a lunar eclipse first two weeks later you'll have a solar you may have been born on one actually because uh oh yeah her node so. is with the the moon so I actually think you, you were born, i think you were actually born on a on a lunar eclipse yeah really yeah so what does that mean um you're here to make Life change. Yeah, you're here to change things up. Oh, in a good I way. I mean, eclipses, when you think about what eclipses are, it's like a lunar eclipse, you see the shadow, the blood moon, the shadow of the earth on the on the moon. So somebody who's always curious in what's in the shadows, uh, probably you said you can talk to animals. Did oh, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a joke, yeah. but kind of serious at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might have some magical powers. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's really, I, that's, I'd love to learn that. So thank you for letting me know. I've, Absolutely. I'm going to go home and tell my mom. What does it mean? I think we talked about this before, but when something's, I think the most common term, astrological term people hear is retrograde because it's so trendy to be like, ah, oh, must, it must be in ret retrograde. What exactly does that mean? Well, a retrograde, it's, that's another astronomical mathematical phenomenon. So and everything, you know, in astrology, it's like the, we have the earth as the center of everything. So our view on earth. So we we track the sun as though it's going around us, even though it's not. But so a retrograde, um, have you ever been on a, in a car or on a train and you passed another vehicle in motion, but it was going, one of you was going faster, one was going slower. Mm -hmm. So sorry for the siren. Do you want me to pause? Um, oh, I thought that was, I thought okay. that was me. <laughs> yeah. New York. City. I'm in New York city. So well, yeah, exactly. Me too. Yeah. So, um, so when these two vehicles moving at different speeds pass each other, it looks like one of them is going backwards. It's, it's that optical illusion. So mm -hmm. a retrograde occurs when two planets pass each other as they're orbiting around the sun. And, and it looks like the one is going backwards. So Mercury passes us three to four times a year. And so from Earth, we're measuring, oh, there goes Mercury one degree at a time, zero degrees, one, two, three, four. But when it goes retrograde because of that optical illusion, it's like, oh, now it's going four, three, two, one, through that piece of pizza in the sky. Um, so... Why does that b knock things off balance? Legend. Well, if you think about the plant, so Mercury is the planet that rules communication, transportation. So we just, if, if it was going backwards, you know, it's like communication, you have to go back and think carefully about what you say. You, something that you rushed past, you know, may come up again. So it's kind of a time to, if you think about the, the, so every planet has its its job. So when it goes retrograde, it's kind of like a sort of a recon period where you go back and 
you know, review, a review period, if you will. Mm. And and they're they're annoying for people because we're a very progress-oriented society and world now. So no one wants to stop or slow down or but retrogrades are these these forced timeouts that actually give us an opportunity if you embrace them to go back and just you know, make sure everything's in order. Um, you know, Venus, the planet of love and our money, went retrograde this summer. And it was retrograde in the sign of Leo. So from um, July 22nd to September 3rd, it was retro. And it was, this was a rough summer for love. There were a lot of mm-hmm. celebrity breakups. There were a oh. lot of just, you know, the, the, you know, the housing market went create you know money got tight no one wanted to spend anything it was it was but it was a time of kind of reckoning where we had to look back and say well well what's my why am i spending all this money or what what do i really want from love anyways um you know so there's it's we all there's no avoiding retrogrades they happen but if we look at them as this chance to kind of review they're actually useful i like that you're putting a good a positive spin on that i appreciate that <laughs> yeah. yeah so if if mercury's in retrograde in a certain planet what what changes so because i feel like generally we'd be like oh Mer- mercury's in retrograde but no one ever says mercury's in retrograde in leo so when it is in retrograde in a different planet how does that affect how does that change Yeah. So when it's retrograding through a specific Zodiac sign, then you're going to feel the impact of that Zodiac. It's like, so the, you think of the planet as the actor and the Zodiac sign that's in as the costume it's wearing, the role it's playing, the energy it's swimming in. So Venus, the planet of love was retrograde this summer for six weeks in Leo, which is dramatic. So there were maybe some you know, old dramas that came back up in people's love lives or Mercury mm-hmm. was retrograde in Virgo this, uh, for the first September. week of September back to school season. And Virgo is very organized and very much about, you know, plans and school. So back to school might've been a little bit of a, a challenging time for people, for example. Is there anything, is Mars in retrograde? Cause that's the, that's the planet of war, right? Cause there's a lot going on. Yeah, no, that's it's, the eclipse. It's not right now, but it actually was uh, in the summer of 2020 when all of the protests started to go, you know, uh... turn from peaceful marches into these, like it was, it was actually retrograde in Aries from June 27th until September 9th of 2020. So like the looting and all of that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But what actually did happen, uh, speaking of war, was there were two eclipses in October. There was a solar eclipse on the 14th in Libra, which is a sign of peace. And so that eclipse just really shook that up. And then there was one in Taurus which is this very like possessive, my land, my, you know. Mm. Um, and it's the and... constellation that's over the Middle East too. So, and that was October 28th, so. Wait, what do you mean the constellation? It was, it retrograded in the constellation or it's part of the constellation that's over yeah, there the wasn't a retrograde. It was, it was, it was the, the eclipse. Oh, the eclipse, yeah. that's right. Okay. 
I see. So I know there's so many retrogrades, eclipses. (laughs) Well, I mean, that is kind of crazy to think about though, that that can dictate again, the things that are happening down here and how people are feeling and reacting and maybe they act out of the ordinary depending on the situation. Um, Yeah. Is there anything happening right now? Right now we have a little bit of a chill time, uh, but Mercury will be retrograde this year over the holidays. I'm sad to say December 13th Uh to January 1st in Capricorn, which is about tradition. And then in Sagittarius, which is travel. I will warn people to have a travel backup plan because um, I don't know if it was like 2014 or maybe it was much this year, this January, remember all those flights? Yes, and people yeah. stranded. Yeah, and that Virgin happened another another time in yeah. Europe. I think there was a volcano in Iceland that remember people were like yeah. stranded in Europe at airports. So, right, happened. So maybe just stay home and hang out with your family. Although, if it's ruling tradition, you never know if right things <laughs> get shaken up over the holidays. Everyone have patience. Have because- exactly. Rent a car <laughs> as a backup. I don't know, you know. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. For, for some people who are skeptical of different parts of astrology. What do you, what do you tell them? What, what is a go-to um, maybe it could be math. It could be something that you're like, well, just look at this. Is there anything that comes to mind that helps taper those people down a bit? I mean, we, we should all be those people. I think we should be skeptical mm-hmm. of anything that we haven't experienced. I always, what I say when people tell me they're skeptical is good because a skeptic and a cynic are two different things. A cynic is someone who just dismisses something outright. And that's like a future flat earther, likely. But uh, a skeptic really just questions, tries, and experiences. And that's a scientific mindset, which, you know, we went to the University of Michigan. We did not mean to be astrologers. We believe in critical thinking. And astrology was a tool that, you know, it came to us unexpectedly, Someone did our chart as a gift and I was like, huh, this is shockingly true. So I better consider my skeptical side was like, I don't know why this thing knows so much about me, but I'm going to be really curious and find out. So I say adopt a curious mindset, do a real astrology reading with someone who actually knows what they're talking about rather than, you know. And well, you could actually do a free chart right on our website yeah. at astrostyle.com slash birth chart. Oh, that's good. And when you do, it'll give you a little paragraph about where every planet was when you were born. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a fun way to just start, you know, playing with it and seeing. You just put in your time, date, and place of birth, and then you get, you know, this printout or whatever, PDF, and you can just review it and and try it on and and begin trying things on exploring saying hey does the scorpio moon thing really resonate for me you know you know what else i also uh, look at like what people don't associate astrology with is the past they think it's about predicting the future so you could go Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's confirmation bias or like Sure, you know, don't leave your house today, whatever, you know, or whatever. You'll meet an intriguing stranger, like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm at 20 in the elevator. But if you actually take, if you look 
at things that have already happened and how they correlate with astrological trends. Like we do a book every year and um, I was actually on Dave Anthony's podcast. And then shortly after yours, when we did our 2020 book and we had predicted that there was going to be a black swan event that would lead to a pandemic, for example, potentially, or an wow. unprecedented. We didn't say a pandemic was an unprecedented event that was beyond what we could have imagined. Um, I got asked about the Moderna vaccine or a vaccine during the pandemic. And I plotted out the dates and I said, December 14th, which turned out to be the date that the Moderna vaccine was released. It wasn't because I was psychic. It was like, I literally plotted what I thought was going to be happening in the stars, what I knew and put that information together and made a logical guess. And that's a scientific way of doing things. Wow. Like, hmm, it's a hypothesis. So treat it that way. I, I like that. I mean, it's again, it kind of goes back to that mathematical equation that you guys were talking about angles, horizons. I mean, anyone who's into math, they probably should be into astrology as well, because it, it's a little bit of an element of mathematics as well. It is. Astrologers are nerds. I, we we <laughs> almost went to engineering school, or at least they tried to recruit yeah. us for it. You know, really? We're good at math. Yeah, we were in AP physics, AP calculus. So we are good at, yeah, the STEM. There's a STEM uh, sister in every astrology. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you guys were saying that someone gave you a bird or did your chart yeah. as a gift. Is that the what got you into this? Or, I mean, why? Why yeah. now? And it, it's sustained you guys for a while, too. I mean, you guys are so good at it. Yeah, well, it's my college boyfriend who also has a Scorpio yes. moon. Um, ah. 30 years ago at this point, we're still friends. I was just chatting with him the other night and thanking him for a career. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he knew that we were curious. Like, we'd go to the bookstore and read about our sign and our sun signs. But then he had the idea to get me a birth chart for my 21st birthday as a gift. And I didn't really know what it was, but he gave this bookstore my time, date, and place of birth. And it came out with this like 30-page printed document, which we now actually sell those on our website from the same company. Um, but it was like, yeah, it was just uncanny. So I, I, that's a great place for anyone who's curious to start. Like, just get one of those printed reports. We sell them, astrostyle.com yeah. slash birth chart. It is, it's not only fascinating, it's extremely validating. And it explains, I think I say that people contain both multitudes and contradictions. And it made sense of all these contradictory parts of me. It's like, I am that way and I'm also that way. And yeah. You know, and so I think for you with the Scorpio moon as a Taurus, that would be really affirming as well. <laughs> that way I, I, I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that after after this podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, and the book, by the way, the Astro Twins 2024 Horoscope Guide, anyone who's listening, that is their 2024 version of the book that they've done in the past. So you'll have to check that out. Their show, Cosmic Love, um, on Prime Video. That's going to be amazing to watch as well for anyone who hasn't seen it. And I guess the last question I have for you two is, are there any predictions that you have coming up in 2024? Obviously, it's an election year, so maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. Um, and then what's the most important thing that people should know about their birth chart? 
Mm. Definitely. Well, we're saying, you know, we have a few, we have a few predictions for next year. One, uh, definitely a crypto comeback. Oh, April, May. Electric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, electric vehicle come back to in the second half of the year. So don't give up on the charging stations yet. Mm -hmm. um, we see um, some new uh, scientific developments in the beauty field that are going to be kind of shocking, the anti-aging field, as well as, um, unfortunately, April is a hot spot for um, for war, and there could even be a nuclear uh, event occurring then. We hope not, but, um, you know, it's looking kind of, yeah, there's a, there's a big, there, you know, war is going to be unavoidable. Next year's themes, we're calling 2024 the year of transcendent leadership. Um, there is a real call for a new type of leader to emerge. However, there's going to be a lot of power, you know, we're going to just see more of the power struggles. It's the year of the dragon. And that's a year where people tend to really flare up. But it's also, you know, Transformational, some creative, transformational energy coming in. So, uh, I think it, it's hard to believe, but it it will be more intense in some ways in 2023. However, things won't get stuck so much. We're going to see movement, whereas this year has sort of felt that we call 2023 the year of what if, because it's like, the question is like, what if like spinning out into apocalyptic anxiety mm -hmm. or kind of being creative? Like, well, what if we did this? So enough of the ruminating and questioning and philosophizing next year is definitely about action and leadership. But as a result, there could be some, butting of heads continuing and some more, and especially with the, the election is going to be crazy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> it yes. feels like it already has been and it's not even 2024 yet. Oh, we're going to see AI applied to things that are like ah. not super sexy, like helping like bureaucratic things like hospitals and insurance companies and investors, like, really crunch down all the big data and be have more integrity hopefully but i think this election is probably going to be fraught with so much meddling that they're going to have to bring a new uh a new data management system to vote mm. in Oh, that's super fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. When that time rolls around, we're going to have to have you guys back on again to talk about it. Because Love to, yeah. And when all these things come true, hopefully the nuclear one does not come true, but if, yeah. if any of the other ones, for sure. Um, and then last final thoughts, um, the thing that people should know about their birth chart, if they're listening to this and you know they're going to look up their birth chart after this podcast, what, what do they need to know? If you don't know your time of birth, it's okay. You could put in noon and, uh, you know, most of it will be accurate. Your rising sign will not be, your moon might be off by one sign, but it'll be close. And um, hmm. yeah, just try it on. Uh, you know, when we first did ours, we were shocked to discover we had four planets in Scorpio. And that was like, as Sagittarians want to be kind of happy-go-lucky to have that intensity there. But don't, like, there's no such thing as a bad sign and there's no such thing as a bad 
chart. Your chart is a guide to understanding yourself, you know, and now what, you know, the Scorpio planets are such a gift for like being able to tune into people and tap in and be accepting of the unseen. But, you know, when we were younger, it was like, you know, there could be some jealousy or possessiveness yeah. or insecurity around dating, but it's, you, it's, it gives you a guidepost to work with. And so there's no, there's no such thing as a bad chart. It real if you embrace your chart, you have this ultimate guide for evolving. We're all here to evolve. That's why we're here to grow and evolve. So, so embrace it. It's an amazing thing to end on. We're all here to grow and evolve. And yeah, if, if you look it up, it's just, it's fun. It's intriguing. And if you have any more questions, you know, Ophi and Tali have a great Instagram as well. So you can follow them. And ladies, I really appreciate you coming on once again. Um, yeah. Have a good rest of the year. It's November 6th, the date of this podcast. So hopefully the last couple months and holidays and everything go smoothly for both of you. Oh, yes. Send those packages out early. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> Mercury retrograde comes to town. So there we go. so much for having us on. It's great to see you again. So much fun. If you miss anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about astrological birth charts. Number one, a birth chart is a snapshot of where the planets were in orbit at the moment of your birth, but a horoscope is more of a forecast of things to come based on your sign. So your snapshot doesn't necessarily change, but your forecast can always be in flux. Number two. To figure out your birth chart, all you need to know is your time of birth, the place of your birth, and where you were born. The three big components of a birth chart are your sun, moon, and rising signs. Most people know their sun sign, but your moon represents kind of more your inner being, and your rising is how you present to others, maybe something that they might assume about you right off the bat. And number three, Tali and Ophi describe astrology as math meets myth. They say it's good to be a little skeptical because that means you're curious because at the end of the day, there is science behind the stars. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on astrological birth charts. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Warnasek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.